Naheem Hines is out for the season. What is the impact of his loss? And what are the biggest storylines entering training camp? I'm breaking that down today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills. Your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. I want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, I appreciate y'all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Bills is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, exclusions apply. Well, folks, we got a lot to get into here on the podcast today. We received some significant news regarding Buffalo Bills running back Naheem Hines. And then, of course, the players report on Tuesday, the 25th for training camp and practices start on the 26th. And so, This is our last conversation that we're going to have prior to the Buffalo Bills having a training camp practice. And so I want to talk about some of the biggest storylines entering training camp, or at least the biggest things weighing on my mind. But let's do start with the big news. Naheem Hines out for the season with a significant knee injury. According to Tom Pelissero, Naheem Hines was sitting stationary on a jet ski and was struck by another rider and sustained serious but non-life-threatening injuries, and he will require surgery and miss the 2023 season. Not great. That's tough news to find out about the day prior to the players reporting for camp. and. Not that Naheem Hines isn't a player that the Bills could make do without, but he is a player that had a lot of intrigue about what his role could look like in 2023. Now, the one thing we know he was going to do was solidify the special teams component of the return game, a very good kick returner and punt returner in the NFL. Not very good, one of the best. And that player's no longer around for the Buffalo Bills in addition to whatever role Ken Dorsey had planned for him on offense. So let's kind of talk about those dynamics here, and then we'll get into the camp storylines. But I want to start first with the fact that this is a non-football injury, and there could be some cap relief for the Buffalo Bills because of this. And Greg Tomset of Cover One on Twitter did a great job of outlining really the three possibilities that exist with Naheem Hines and what the Bills can do with his contract. And Greg is always my go-to 
for salary cap stuff, especially regarding the Bills. And so Greg tweeted out on Monday, these were the three options. Number one is release Naheem Hines for having a non-football-related injury that voids his guarantees to receive $2.56 million in cap space, and he, Naheem Hines, can have zero access to team facilities. Option two, place a well-liked player under contract through 2024 on injured reserve to let him rehab in the Bills' state-of-the-art medical health and wellness facilities, but have to carry his full salary cap hit in 2023, or approach Naheem Hines that it's better to receive a veteran minimum salary while rehabbing in NFL facilities as a means of restructuring his contract down to the minimum to give the team some cap relief and support him as a person. I think we're all kind of hoping for number three as the best path forward for all parties. But those are your three different paths that the Bills could take when it comes to Hines and his contract and the cap component of this very unfortunate situation. So that's the first piece of it as well. What happens now with the salary component? And it's unique because this is a non-football injury. And the Bills do have some options to consider. Then you have an actual impact to his role on the football team. Now, offensively, the Bills are still in good shape at running back. They have James Cook, Damian Harris, and Latavius Murray in the mix. I mean, that's three running backs. Typically, the Bills only get one or two going, you know, and so having four is a a good thing, but I still think they're in good shape with Cook, Harris, and uh, Murray. The Bills have already worked out some players. Darrington Evans, Kylan Hill, and Abram Smith, all very good college players. Darrington Evans was a recent third-round pick by the Tennessee Titans, and, um, you know, he they released him pretty quickly, uh, latched out with another team last year for a very short amount of time and has been available. The Bills are working those three players out. They're all good college players, but you know, haven't proven much in the NFL. And there's also some veterans out there uh, that the Bills could consider if they really felt like they needed to go in and get a running back. Uh, there's guys like Daryl Henderson and Amir Abdullah, J.D. McKissick, who the Bills uh, pursued last year, actually signed or agreed to terms with him, and then the deal fell through. Uh, there's some big-name veterans like Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem Hunt, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette. So if the Bills really wanted to find another proven back in the NFL to add to their mix at running back, there are certainly some possibilities that they could consider. But to me, the biggest impact here is the special teams component. Naheem Hines came to this football team last year and really didn't help him on offense, but boy, did he ever help as the kick and punt returner, where the Bills enjoyed Andre Roberts for several seasons, who did a great job as the return guy, and then transitioned away, leaning last year at the start of the season into like Jameson Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie and Khalil Shakir. And then Jameson Crowder got injured. Isaiah McKenzie was still inconsistent, and it really kind of became Khalil Shakir's job. And then when the Bills traded for Naheem Hines, Hines became the lead punt and kick returner. So obviously this leaves a void there. Now the Bills do have a couple of good options already on the roster to absorb these return duties. First of all, Khalil Shakir is 
still around, and he handled that punt return duty as a rookie and did pretty well. Then you also have Deontay Hardy, free agent signing, and he's a, an experienced kick and punt returner in the NFL from his time with the Saints. Uh, as a punt returner, he's fielded 127 punts. 86 of those were returned. 41 were fair catches. He does have five muffs for his career on 127 fielded punts as one return touchdown and an average punt return of 10.2 yards. It's probably going to be a Deontay Hardy situation here when it comes to the Bills and punt returner. Hardy also has a lot of experience as a kick returner with 79 career kick returns uh, for an average of 25.8. In fact, Deontay Hardy does have all pro honors uh, on his resume as a returner. So you feel like you could really lean into him. You still have Khalil Shakir, and those are probably your best two options. You certainly have the uh, the Micah Hyde fair catch special at your disposal. Uh, maybe you do give Andre Roberts a call and see what he's up to as an option. Uh, but I think more likely than not, this is probably Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir absorbing these duties. And it's a situation where you feel pretty good about the explosive potential of a Deontay Hardy, but to me, the decision-making component and still having the big play potential in Naheem Hines made him a more attractive option for me. So uh, I, I don't want to consider this just, well, just put Deontay Hardy in there and everything's fine. I do think that you lose a little bit in terms of ball handling and decision-making, um, whereas Deontay Hardy is potentially even more explosive than what you had from Naheem Hines, but they're both very, very explosive. Now, I do wonder what this means for Hardy's role on the offense. Um, you know, I, you kind of got the impression that that was something very attractive to him about coming to Buffalo was really being able to carve out, carve out more of a role on offense, and now this is kind of back on his plate, and that's something to be mindful of, but it's something that obviously he can bring a lot of value to the team right now and they need him to do this. So I think that's kind of your natural transition here as the Bills will not have Naheem Hines for the 2023 season. And then uh, we'll obviously stay tuned to who they sign to replace him on the roster. They'll gain a roster spot. What happens with the cap space? All of that is stuff to monitor here over the next day or so. All right, want to get into the top storylines entering training camp for the Buffalo Bills. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes in life, we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Whether you're dealing with decisions around career, relationships, or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while navigating through your life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way that we do until we talk through things. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. 
Well, folks, this was supposed to be the beginning of the podcast. And then as I was finalizing my notes for the podcast, I found out the Naheem Hines injury. And so that became the lead story. And we had to kind of push all this stuff to later in our conversation today. But now that point has arrived. And I do want to talk about the biggest storylines, at least in my opinion, for the Buffalo Bills entering training camp. And the players do report on the 25th. They practice on the 26th. And so I'm very excited for all of that to commence. And I'm very excited to be at camp. I'll be at camp all of next week. So I'll be there for the practice on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And the scrimmage at Highmark Stadium on Friday night. And so I'm very much excited to get my own eyes on everything that's going on. And then, of course, being able to come back to this podcast and give you a lot of insight based on what I'm observing. Um, And so you have that to look forward to next week. I will be boots on the ground in Rochester and then, of course, Orchard Park for the scrimmage on Friday night. All right, so my biggest storyline, Stefan Diggs, number one storyline. Again, I don't want to make this bigger than it has to be, but until we hear from Stefan Diggs, not sure I'm going to be completely dismissive of whatever frustrations or issues that he had that they're over with. And I certainly understand that Sean McDermott didn't handle this well when it initially came through, and that really sparked everything. And you've heard Josh Allen and you've heard Von Miller, and you've heard Deion Dawkins say, chill, it's not that big of a deal, we're going to work through it, it's fine. But until Stefan Diggs gets in front of the media and answers questions and uh, allows us to listen to him and gain a feel for his charisma and body language, you know, I'm not fully ready to put it to bed. And then, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Adam Benini, um, who is the sports director over at WGRZ, uh, I was actually doing a TV hit with him and we were talking about uh, Stefan Diggs and I brought up that point and Adam said, look, Joe, let me take this a step further. I'm not sure this is actually over until the next time where the Bills have a bit of a lull. Maybe offensively they're not having success. Maybe they're not scoring points. Maybe they lose a few games. Maybe they get bounced in the playoffs again. How does Stefan Diggs react in that moment? You know, that's when we're really going to know if this is over with because it's inevitable. The Bills aren't going to be perfect all year. There's going to be some lows. There's going to be lulls. How does Stefan Diggs react in those moments? So he can come in front of the media this week and say, Josh Allen's my favorite quarterback ever. Love being part of this team. Fully confident that we've resolved all the issues. Can't wait to be the greatest player I can possibly be for this organization for the next several seasons. He could say all that and give us all the great messaging. But what happens when it doesn't go right, how does Diggs react then? I think then we will know whether or not this is really over. Stefan Diggs went out of his way to make sure the whole world knew that he was frustrated about something with the Buffalo Bills. That was real important to him. He wanted us to know. Okay, we know, bud. Now are you over it? Is it done? Because I surely would like to stop talking about this. And that big measuring stick moment is going to be when there's a lull and something bad happens. And what is Stefan Diggs like in that moment? Be fascinated to find out. I'm also fascinated to find out what happens with the pup list. The Bills have some players that are pup candidates. Pup stands for physically unable to perform. Players can go on the pup list 
if they are still rehabbing an injury uh, from the previous season or they got injured outside of football, something like that. And so I think you have three legitimate pup candidates, Von Miller being the headliner, right? Obviously, we've talked about that all offseason long. I think Jordan Phillips is a pup candidate. Had that shoulder surgery back in February. It's a five to six month recovery. What's he going to be like? And then Tommy Doyle. Tommy Doyle had a knee injury week three last year against the Miami Dolphins, tore his ACL. You know, is he fully ready to go at the start of camp? And then I also have written down in my notes, mystery question mark, right? You just never know what is going on out there, right? Last year, Roger Saffold got in a car accident a few days before the players reported to training camp, and there were some issues there. We just saw Naheem Hines, a jet ski incident. He's going to miss the season, right? We know that Dawson Knox had a bit of an injury scare the last day of OTAs. Mitch Morse was not necessarily a regular participant in practices throughout OTAs as he was rehabbing some stuff. And so Knox and Morse are players I'm somewhat concerned about, but also just what mysteries are out there. We'll find out soon enough. So Stefan Diggs and the pup list, those are two big ones for me. I also think roster tweaks are always fascinating for me. And before Naheem Hines was injured, I knew that the Bills were working out uh, running back Darrington Evans, who uh, that was reported on Sunday by uh, Aaron Wilson. And so, you know, the Bills are going to add a player. It's going to happen. They're probably going to add at least one running back. And Darrington Evans, one of the guys that they worked out, like I mentioned earlier, 2020 third round pick by the Titans out of App State. Uh, we also saw a report from Aaron Wilson that the Bills were working out tight end Jace Sternberger, another third-round pick, fairly recent, 2019, uh, by the Packers out of Texas A&M. Was a very productive player his final season at Texas A&M and uh, really didn't catch on with the Packers. Had a touchdown in the playoffs, actually, uh, but the production really never stacked up for him. Uh, and then he spent last season with the XFL, uh, the Birmingham franchise had 517 yards and seven touchdowns in 10 games for Birmingham. Um, and so both of those guys were players I liked coming out of college. Obviously they've had the opportunity to do meaningful things in the NFL. They haven't done meaning thing, meaningful things in the NFL, but when you're talking about day of reporting for training camp, uh, type signings, I think these are interesting enough type players that I say, okay, real, that's, that's cool. Right. Jay Sternberger might be a better player than Joel Wilson or Nick Gugamos, who are currently the fourth and fifth tight ends on the Bills roster. And if that proves to be true, then it's a great addition this time of year. And so there's going to be some roster tweaks and not just day one of camp. I mean, there's going to be players that get injured throughout camp and you're going to see movement, right? Rosters are fluid. They're never set. They're not set when they make final cuts. It's a fluid situation all the time. And so I'm always curious what type of tweaks are coming, and that gives us some clues about where the Bills are comfortable with the amount of players they have at each position. I've talked for a while now about this abundance that they have at wide receiver. Like 12 receivers is a crazy amount. Um, so is, is there a situation where you might be able to move on from one of them or maybe even an offensive lineman? they got a ton of offensive linemen. Kind of beef yourself up at running back or maybe some other spots on the roster where you're not quite brimming with Options. So I think roster tweaks 
is another thing that I'm very curious to find out about. There's a bunch more that I want to get into, including some coaching storylines that involve Ken Dorsey, Sean McDermott. We got some battles on the roster to discuss right after a very, very quick break. All right, folks, we've got some heavy hitting storylines to get into here the rest of the way today. But first, I would like to invite you to join the Locked On Bills subtext community, something we started a few months ago, and it has been awesome. I'm very excited about this uh, with training camp here uh, because it's going to create a lot of fun communication for us. If you want to join, there's a link to join in the show notes for today. So if you're on YouTube or wherever you listen to the podcast, check out the show notes. You'll find a link to join the Lockdown Bills subtext community. Everybody gets two weeks free to start it out. Uh, and here's what you're going to get. First of all, my favorite part is the one-on-one text conversations. Um, getting to know you guys better, getting to hear more of your thoughts, having that direct line to me has been really, really cool. And I've enjoyed sharing a lot more of myself. And so, you know, we've been, I've been texting all day with uh, subtext subscribers about the Naheem Hines news and listening to your ideas and your concerns and sharing mine as well. Uh, that is easily my favorite part. So you get one-on-one text conversations, herd mentality, priority, you have some exclusive content. You get my first reaction to all Bill's news. So within a few minutes of the Naheem Hines injury being announced on Twitter, the first thing I did was I went to subtext and I sent a text to everybody with you know my big thoughts about everything, that first reaction. And that'll happen a lot here as news is, is coming through very regularly uh, in the, you know, really for the next several months, honestly. So Check it out, the Lockdown Bill subtext community. Nothing changes with the normally normal delivery of the podcast, just an extra layer of engagement for anybody who might want it. All right, we got some more stuff to get into when it comes to training camp storylines. Uh, the next one I want to get into is Ken Dorsey in year two. He was the offensive coordinator that Josh Allen wanted to be his offensive coordinator. I think you had a lot of good last year. I know people want to focus on the bad, but statistically, however, You want to measure offense, DVOA, yards, points, efficiency. It was top of the league. But we also know that it came with some moments where it felt hard, right? It didn't feel like the offense was moving with consistency. And Josh Allen had to do some really special stuff to get points on the board while he was hurt, right? So I I understand both sides of, hey, the Bills statistically were elite offensively, but also it lacked some efficiency and structure and you felt like as it moved along, maybe the game plans weren't as good, fell in love with the vertical stuff. And so how does this evolve in year two? We've heard Josh Allen talk about how he's prioritizing his relationship with Ken Dorsey and taking more ownership and holding receivers more accountable for their route choices and locking in more routes. All of that's great, but I want to see it come together. You also have an offense that's going to have a new lead running back in James Cook after Devin Singletary led the team in rushing for the last four years. That's a big transition. You have at least one new starting offensive lineman. The left guard spot, you could have two, depending on what happens at right guard. You're incorporating a premium asset in Dalton Kincaid as a first-round pick that you traded up to get. And a skill set that you severely missed last year is a big slot. You got two new receivers to figure out in Trent Shurfield and Deontay Hardy, as well as what's going to happen for Khalil Shakir in year two. How do you build upon what Gabe Davis has shown you throughout his career and get more efficiency there? 
how do you resolve whatever Stefan Diggs is mad about? Some things to figure out. And it's not just going backwards. It's not just a new lead running back. Now you have literally two other players in Damian Harris and Latavius Murray that's never played for your team. There's just a lot for him to figure out in year two, and there's a lot of options, and there's a lot of talent, and I think he has what he needs to coordinate and be the architect of a big-time offense, but it's got to come together. So Ken Dorsey, year two, big-time storyline for me. And I think there's a big-time storyline on the defensive side of the ball with the coaching because we get our first glimpse of Sean McDermott calling the Buffalo Bills defense, and you know, a big transition for him is the head coach, CEO, kind of hands off on a lot of things, let his coordinators coordinate and kind of serve as that leader, CEO of the football team. Well, now he's in the weeds as the defensive coordinator, play caller, all that stuff. So what does it look like? And I'm not sure you're going to be able to watch a Buffalo Bills game this year and come away with too much, right? He's going to call plays. So um, instead of while the defense is playing him standing there, he's going to be calling plays. But you know, what does it look like in practice? I've observed quite a few Sean McDermott coach practices. How do things really change for him? I'm excited to see what that looks like, especially with a complete unknown commodity at middle linebacker. Whoever wins that job, right, is is a new player for that role. And that communication piece between Sean McDermott and that middle linebacker is going to be huge. And so I'm sure that'll be a big area of emphasis for McDermott. And I hope that they can come to a decision at middle linebacker sooner rather than later because reps are going to really matter here. And I want whoever wins that job to be as repped as possible going into week one and not a situation where you're taking the reps and splitting them three ways. That's not going to position that middle linebacker to be successful from the outset. And so you have a tough needle to thread here between letting the competition play out and figuring out who really is the right player for the job and then also making sure that player is as repped as possible to be able to execute in week one against the Jets. So some big coaching storylines on offense and defense. Then you got some starting jobs on the line. I don't remember the last time the Bills entered a season with three starting positions up for grabs. I really don't. And the good news is, for the most part, those positions are up for grabs because you have several worthy starting options. It's not you just have three guys or two guys competing for one spot and you hope that one of them's good. No, you got options. Now, the quality of options range from battle to battle. So I'll talk about them quickly. Obviously, CB2 is a big one. Who's starting opposite of Tredavious White between Kyer Elam, Christian Benford, and Dane Jackson? I think they all have a reasonable claim. I'm hopeful that it's Kyer Elam as the first-round pick with the highest physical ceiling, and I certainly thought he played good as a rookie. And I would love to see him and Trey White pair together for a number of years and provide the Bills defense with a quality cornerback tandem. But I think Dane Jackson and Christian Benford are going to have a lot to say about that. And I think the reality is this competition exists not because Kyer Elam isn't good enough to start. I think it's because the Bills legitimately have three guys that are starting caliber players. And sorting out who gets those reps is a big deal. 
We'll keep it on defense, obviously, middle linebacker. Now, what's different about middle linebacker than cornerback or even the other position battle that we're going to talk about for starting jobs is that the Bills really don't have anything proven, right? Two third-round picks in Dorian Williams and Terrell Bernard and Tyrell Dotson, who was a UDFA back in 2019. He's been around, been around, but we've seen some flashes of him on the field. He's a decent downhill player. Don't love him in space. Don't love his coverage ability. You know, do, do the Bills have one starting caliber player at middle linebacker? I'm not sure they do. I hope I'm wrong about that, and I hope somebody emerges and winds up being an absolute stud for this defense. But right now, I have no idea. And so, obviously, that's going to be a huge, huge storyline throughout training camp. And again, like I mentioned, you got to figure this out. You got to figure it out because that player needs to be repped. And then, of course, right guard, where Ryan Bates is your incumbent. And I think he's got a real, real good shot to be the starter, at least to start the season. You got a second round pick in Osiris Torrance. And you've also got David Edwards, who's been a good starter in the league, has experience with Aaron Cromer. And then maybe we shouldn't overlook Ike Bucker, who has started quite a few games for the Buffalo Bills. Playoff games, right? And I'm fascinated to see who wins that job. The last thing I'll mention here in terms of training camp storylines is the 2022 draft class. A lot of talk last year about the Bills not playing rookies and all that. This 2022 class may not have made their mark last year, but they are going to have their opportunity this year. Bill's draft class, Kyer Elam, James Cook, Terrell Bernard, Khalil Shakir, Christian Benford, Balen Spector. All of those guys could have huge roles. You could have Kyer Elam as your starting cornerback opposite of Trey White. James Cook is your starting running back. Terrell Bernard is your starting Mike linebacker. Khalil Shakir is a featured return guy and key depth receiver. Maybe your wide receiver three or four, not sure. Christian Benford, who's challenging Kyer Elam to start, that should have an important special teams role that may get some sub-package opportunities. And then Balen Spector, who should be a high-impact special teams player that provides depth at linebacker. So while these guys maybe didn't do everything in the world last year, they're certainly positioned to have a lot more on their plate this year, several being key starters. And so I'm going to be really interested in this 2022 draft class and how they develop and what type of impact they make in year two because it looks like it's going to be a lot more significant than in year one. So there you have it. That's what's on my my mind as the Bills are set to report for training camp and practice. Our next conversation will come after that first practice on Wednesday, and I'm looking forward to breaking down all the big storylines and takeaways and standouts and you know all the information that we get coming out of training camp. It is that time of year, folks. Buckle up. Make sure that you are subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again after practice.